Hello, and welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. I am your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your other host, Soli Hommel. And we're going to take you through 31 scary movies through the month of October, like we do every year. But for the first time this year, we're going to do it entirely in audio format. We like to mix it up every year. One thing you need to be aware of is that we will be employing a truly ghoulish number of spoilers throughout all of these reviews. So if you haven't seen the movie we're reviewing, maybe don't listen to our podcast until you do. We highly recommend you check them out and watch along with us. It's going to be fun for everybody. I mean, how could it not be? So if you're ready and you've watched the movie, please step inside our lair and let's begin. The Stepfather is a 1987 horror thriller, rated R. We watched it on Amazon. It is 89 minutes long. On IMDb, it's got a 6.8 score, and the Rotten Tomato critics give it an 86, so higher, and the Rotten Tomato audience gave it a 65, so same as IMDb, basically. In short, it is, just as it sounds, the story of a guy who marries a woman and murders the whole family. And that's not really a spoiler, because he does that in the first shot he is does that the before time? the first line of the movie. Oh, that's right. He does. We'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. But yeah, so that's what he does. He's a serial killer. So how does that play out? And more importantly, Soli, why did you pick this movie? Well, I'm a really big fan of the thriller movies, as we have discussed in the past. And um, this looked like it was going to have some some suspense, some, ooh, what's going on sort of moments. And I am also kind of steering myself towards older, not necessarily classic, because I don't know that you could call this movie a classic. I'd never heard of it before. <laughs> But it sort of is a classic kind of 80s horror movie. So yeah. I, I think all of those things combined to make me want to watch this one. All right. Um, yeah, this actually is way back, uh, 1987. Yeah. Back when uh, John Locke from Lost oh. was real young. Our star, the stepfather, is John Locke from Lost. Yeah. What is his actual name? Terry O'Quinn. Terry O'Quinn. Um, yeah. I have to ask that because you are the one who keeps track of that information. Yeah. I just remember them as that guy from that movie. Yeah, I'm the keeper of names. Yes. So what's the first line and first shot of this movie? This was one of the more interesting of the first line, first shots, because the first... Okay, so the very first shot is a long view of the street in autumn. There's a kid biking, throwing out newspapers... And we're just looking down this very uh, kind of generic suburban street. Lots of leaves. Like, it's so autumn that the leaves are coming down like rain. Mm -hmm. Like, it was very clear someone was just throwing leaves in front of the camera. <laughs> and then we watch, like, the whole prologue of the movie. Yeah. Where the main character is, uh, Jerry, is, is shaving and taking a shower and... Uh, like completely changes his look and then walks down the stairs up to his front door past his whole family who we have murdered. Like we we know he's done something terrible because there's blood all over him before he showers. Yeah. But then we see that like the whole like downstairs of the house is destroyed and there are bodies everywhere. And he just saunters out the front door and down this street that we saw in the first shot, gets on a ferry, 
Like, all of this stuff is happening, <laughs> and we're going. still waiting for the first line. Then we get to one year later, another... So we waited a year. We did. We waited a whole year. Another fall street in suburbia with a girl riding a bike. She gets to the house. Finally, we hear the first line when uh, somebody throws leaves at her, and she says... Mother! So who could it be that threw leaves at her? Oh, yeah, it was her mom. Oh. That that was a spoiler. So at that point, we're meeting his new family. Because year in, he's already remarried and has this, what, 16-year-old stepdaughter. Yeah, he is a smooth operator, apparently. No kidding. I don't know. Yeah. So that first line came 6 minutes and 43 seconds into (laughs) the review. Just FYI. Yeah, that's something. So the the whole idea is essentially that there's this stepfather, stepdaughter dynamic where she doesn't like him and everyone assumes that it's because he's not her father, right? Like yeah. her dad died and you can't replace my dad sort of things. Everybody kind of assumes that she's just being a cranky teenager. And he gives us off this aura of the perfect I don't guy. understand that because he didn't. <laughs> I, like, his wife was all, oh, it's, he's so great, while he's going, I, I guess, whatever. <laughs> like, he's not great. It was it was the 80s. You have to remember it That's was what the they 80s. were into. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was definitely one of those kind of very 80s, um, like, the perfect family sort of situation where, you know, he went out and worked, and she... <laughs> made the perfect turkey dinner and they yes. had their daughter who went to school and she was messing everything up by getting oh, in trouble she and... was horrible yeah that was not normal bad behavior she was like a vicious battle maiden she was <laughs> going to war against all the other kids she was yeah pretty hardcore but he he definitely said the right things in front of people yeah. But yeah, so so it was sort of this classic situation and and I really felt bad for her that she was in the situation where she knew what was going on. Like she didn't know, but she was right and we knew she was right and everyone's yeah. disregarding what she's saying and I'm like, "Oh, you're all idiots. Just listen to her." Yeah, it's kind of it's funny because the first shot of the movie, well not the first shot, but the first couple seconds of the movie reveals, you know, that he's a murderer, which is kind of going against the plan of you know like suspense and whatever except the movie's called the stepfather so i guess it (laughs) wasn't gonna be a problem right it was not it's not like it was a secret and really the suspense in this movie was when will they all finally figure it out yeah or and will how many people are gonna die before they figure it out yeah and uh that turned out not to be that many I thought he was going to kill her boyfriend. I thought he was going to kill, I don't know, some somebody else. He really only killed the one guy, I think. Yeah, the doctor, the doctor bit it. And um, I don't know, I thought he was clever. I thought he was another, this is the second psychologist or counselor in a mm-hmm. movie this month where I've been like, oh, that guy seems like he really gets kids and understands them and is <laughs> yeah. really helpful. And it turns out in this one, he really was. And he tried to be sneaky and, and catch, you know, he was trying to support this girl and he did believe her and yeah. he lost his life for it. I had a problem with his plan just because he is the school counselor 
And so let's say he pulled off his little plan. He went and pretended to buy a house or pretended to look at a house mm-hmm. that the stepfather was selling. And he he made up a name. He made up a job. And he's like, okay, that's who I am. And, oh, so I'm not interested in this house. Bye. We'll part ways. Now I've seen the stepfather. I've learned about him. Now I can talk to the daughter about it. But prior to that, he had been trying to get the dad on the phone, trying to interact with him. You know, eventually, at some point, they would have gotten together. And he would have been like, you know, well, I'm glad we had this talk. And he'd be like, wait a minute. You're the guy who said he was somebody else trying to buy a house for me. Like, that's a really bad situation yeah if there's no serial killers involved it's just really it's awkward awkward. for sure but i don't i think he had pretty much decided that this guy was not going to okay so there was a part of on the phone right the wife answers the phone upstairs and she's standing at the top of the stairs with the old rotary on a (laughs) on a you know spiral cord phone which did not have a mute button like phones these days do that's true and she's yelling down the stairs Jerry, Dr. whatever his name was, wants to talk to you. And Jerry's yelling back up the stairs, tell him I'm not here. Yeah. And the whole thing is (laughs) happening. Well, and if he calls back, tell him I'm still not here. Like he was, the whole thing is happening while Dr. Bondurant is listening to it. But that that little interaction makes my point. Like, why did this wife think he was so great like he's not great he's like tell mom not here like she's like why don't you want to talk to the counselor that's a little weird like she was on drugs in (laughs) fact just to get this out of the way this whole movie super reminded me of the buffy episode where john ritter was a robot who married a woman and was terrible to her and he was drugging her and that's why she was into him he was he put he, it wasn't a woman. It was Joyce. Oh well, yeah, but she was. She wasn't the first. But yeah, no, it was but Joyce. the episode was about how he was trying to right. I totally move in on Joyce, that. which but is yeah. why Buffy was so mad. And it's funny because Buffy never ate anything. He was a great chef, which meant he put drugs in all the food, and everybody who ate them really liked him. So that's kind of what was missing here. That would have explained it, although that's a a ridiculous device. I'm glad they didn't do that. But he was like, he was so unpleasant that she needed to be on drugs to be into him. It was weird. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he wasn't that far off from a lot of the stereotypical breadwinner, you know, middle America kinds of characters that I saw on TV (laughs) in the 80s. Yeah. So, well, I think he was, but I don't know. I just had such a problem when he when he moved on and tried to find a new wife. He just walks up to this woman and is like, "Hey there," and she was going for it. Like, I mean, they didn't right. they didn't go out on a date or anything, but she was clearly accepting him as a decent person. Like, even though he was, I don't know, he's he's very off putting. <laughs> yes. Now, part of me wonders because, like, when I read a book that has guy characters where things always work out that way for them yeah. and and women characters who always just are like okay you're the best <laughs> oh exactly what you're trying to portray is what i think you are yeah that always comes across as something that was written by a man to me that because makes sense. because i think a woman might have had more of a perspective even in the 80s of saying like yeah you know what though guy who moves in next door and comes over and starts chatting me up like i'm not gonna it's gonna take a couple of times before i decide he's an okay guy because 
guys can be dangerous. Yeah, you can you can be friendly with them, but you you don't just immediately feel like, hmm, this might be my next husband. <laughs> right. I think it was sort of the point, or I think the point sort of was that he was that charismatic, though. Yeah, he had to be because his whole operation was every year or so he would move on and find a new woman and kill her and her family. That was just so weird, like, that these recently uh, widowed women... Widowed? Uh, Widowered? (laughs) Sure. These recently widowered women would uh, just, like... No, it's widowed. Okay. Within a year... I mean, sure, people move on within a year. It happens. But how does it keep working out for him? Yeah, the math... Like, I I didn't overthink it too much until the end when he's, like, getting ready to move on to somebody else. And I went back and started thinking about uh, the family that he was with during this movie. And I'm like, at the one year later point, he he's already married to this woman who we know her husband died a year ago because the daughter says that at one point. Like, <laughs> my dad only died a year ago. So in the course of a year, he yeah. met her and ended up married to her. That seems pretty quickly. Yeah. Pretty I mean, quick to me. That can happen, but as a continuous chain right. of that happening, that's a little crazy. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that I noticed in this movie was there were a lot of Chekhov's items. Yes. So you um can check them all off. <laughs> I'm I I always seem to notice the the Chekhov's gun kinds of things where, you know, the gun shows up in the first act, you better shoot somebody with it in the third act. So in this movie, and it's it's something about the way it's portrayed. Like it's the yeah. you know the gun sitting on the counter, and then the camera like zooms into it <laughs> at the end of a conversation or something. Like yeah. that's how you know. Well, so there were those like, pay attention to this moments about Chekhov's screen door. I wrote that down. Uh, Chekhov's table saw. Yeah, of and course, none of these got used. And Chekhov's chest freezer in the basement. Because she went to get the ice cream. No, No, so didn't use any of those. All of those things. (laughs) There was something about the editing or the camera work that made it that made me go, "Ooh, that's gonna play a role later." (laughs) Yeah. And then none of them did, and I was super annoyed. Yeah, I I actually forgot about them by the end, but they definitely failed to come back. Yeah. Too bad. So the theme of this movie was the perfect family. Speaking of that phone conversation with the doctor yeah that was i kept being confused and disturbed by that he's downstairs banging on things smashing on things not yelling exactly but raising his voice going i'm a good boy or whatever mm-hmm. he was saying weird things because he's Let's crazy have a little order around here yeah stuff like that that's his favorite line mm-hmm. and he's doing that downstairs then she calls down and says you know hey this guy's on the phone and then he, what he does is he slightly raises his voice above normal talking and says, hey, tell him I'm not here. And she hears it perfectly. So that means she was hearing all of this stuff he was doing downstairs. She wasn't. She was a good little wife. She didn't listen to the things she wasn't supposed to listen to. That is so Everything creepy. Everything would have been fine if not for that meddling kid. Yeah, you know kids. They ruin everything. <laughs> so do you have any... Favorite lines from this movie? My favorite line, there were some pretty funny lines, actually. Mm-hmm. But one of them was this. It wasn't until I got in high school I realized horses couldn't talk. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's watching Mr. Ed, and apparently he watched it a lot as a kid, and 
it was his only experience with horses, I guess. Yeah. He wasn't a smart boy. No, but he was a good boy. <laughs> but he was a good boy. Yeah, okay, that's another thing that she... Why was she not suspicious of the fact that he flat out refused to talk about his past? In fact, went so far as to say, I didn't exist until I met you, which was actually true. <laughs> Well, yeah, that was true. I mean... But, yeah, he definitely alludes repeatedly to having a really bad childhood, which makes sense. That's all cool. But he never talks about it. We never find out anything about how he was made into the stepfather. Nope. It's kind of weird. So, okay, so um, that was your favorite line. Yeah, what do you got? My favorite... There was one line... That made me laugh out loud. Yeah. And it's a little hard to share here because there's a visual component. So here's the line. Yeah, just don't let it happen again. You almost gave me a corner. Here. At which point he hands the guy a pack of cigarettes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that now. Which was just <laughs> yes. so, so something (laughs) and i couldn't tell because it was from the 80s i couldn't tell if it was like that's just how they wrote it yeah or if they were trying to be funny because right now that's a hilarious line (laughs) yeah that was really funny i also liked all of the um very foreshadowing lines that the teenage girl had at one point she says i think my time is up isn't it huh and then, um, and then she gets in trouble in the science class and yeah, gets expelled from time. school. And she's talking to her friend and she's, when her friend says, like, what's your stepdad, your stepfather going to say? And she goes, <gasps> he's going to kill me. Yeah, I remember that. So yeah. there were some, some lines that were, like, excessively foreshadowing. Yeah. Okay, first of all, it's possible that she's his biological daughter. I mean, it doesn't work out mathematically. But I'm just saying, her behavior, I can see the connection. <laughs> it's, the old, it's the old nature versus nurture question. Well, yeah, he apparently only nurtured he wasn't her nurturing. into a nutball. <laughs> he was only there for a year. I know. Um, but that leads me into the thing, which is, it's crazy how this guy who's so out of control and flips at drop of a hat and every so often has like schizophrenic outbursts Mm -hmm. has managed to elude capture and you know stay with these women and convince them and stuff it's he's not on an even keel no he definitely was not and i sort of think that's this was the you know showing his downfall like that was the story because it's suggested very strongly that he's done this many times over. Like, that yeah. this is his thing. He hangs around for a couple of years or a year. Until like Until something bothers him. Right. He was with them at the end. It was, once again, an uh, autumnal street <laughs> scene. So, like, he was with yeah. them for almost a full year. Like, we saw Thanksgiving. We saw, you know, the right. summer picnics yeah. and whatnot. He was there for a whole year. And then he just couldn't keep it up anymore. But I think it was more than that. I think it was also that he could no longer keep up the hectic changing families every two years. Yeah. Pace. Like, he, he was he, losing it overall. He seemed too. like he was losing it. And I liked that part. Like, I liked how it felt like he was falling apart. Right. And he was still really dangerous. But he was at the end of his rope and the police were closing it sort of the police were closing in at least the brother of his previous victim was closing in there was that yeah who uh, wasn't anything like he was kind of bullying the newspaper guy into helping him and he was bullying the, the cops into helping him but he just was just a brother right yeah 
But that was crazy when he finally did find Jerry, the stepfather, and confronted him. It was over. I mean, yeah. he that was disappointing. He spent the whole movie tracking him down and then got killed in half a second. Yeah. It's that like, was okay. That was I was sad for him. Speaking of Jerry falling apart and like not just losing it with this family and and not just having the the image of a perfect family fall apart but also uh-huh. his ability to continue this whole process. I really really liked how, you know, we kind of see him going off to the new city, setting up his new life like we can tell yeah. like this oh it's time. He's transitioning. Yeah. And he gets back to the house and she's she knows because she's gotten this call or she tried to call him at yeah, work or whatever. So like she's found out in a way that he didn't expect her to. So she calls him out on lying. And that was the best breaking point because yeah. he snaps something about a name to her. Yeah. And uses the he uses his next life's name instead of the life he's currently in. And when yeah. she's like, What did you say? He goes, wait a minute. Who am I here? Yeah. And that was just awesome. And I thought he played that, like he said it really well. Yeah, that part was, was a good, good scene. <laughs> he just, he really snapped. He was done at that point. Oh, he yeah. smacked her very hard. Yep. Started, started getting out knives. Dragging her to the basement. So, yep. yeah. Threw Pretty her good. down the stairs. Had a knife. We thought the dog was going to get it. Yeah, hooray. But the dog was fine, which was amazing. <laughs> Not... Like the flirting scenes between these two, I'm showing air quotes, teenagers. Oh, yeah, the 30 year old um, teenagers. Because they, that was the worst flirting I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, but they were boxing with each other. <laughs> it was terrible. Every interaction between the two, I was just like, that's not how it goes. That seemed kind of like something they could have ad-libbed themselves and done fine but an adult tried to talk to them and be like so this is what you're gonna do and they're like okay we'll do that right (laughs) right they're like oh you know you're gonna pretend to box with each other because it's awkward and you know you don't want to get too close but then you aren't yeah we get it you don't need to tell us (laughs) yeah so so that was super awkward this is a suspense movie i mean it's a horror movie i i accept Mm -hmm. but it's very much a question of suspense because for most of the movie there's no real action there's no real killing going on it's the very beginning of the movie has an extremely brutal i mean nothing you don't see it happen you just see bodies laying everywhere and he's washing off all the blood and that's really brutal and nasty and by the way contains the scariest moment in the movie which is when he changes his contact lenses (laughs) you don't like that (laughs) horrifying moment that was the point when you decided it was horror right yes that alone made it horror yep also featured full frontal male nudity in that scene because just because he was getting in the shower like they couldn't think of any other way to do that than to completely show everything it wasn't even that he was getting in the shower it was that they had a mirror Oh, yeah. So that, yeah. like, he had his back to us, but <laughs> They probably didn't tell him about the mirror. But he... So that's the really brutal beginning. Then we go along, and it's all just suspense. Like, you know, we know there's badness, but it never never reaches anything until in the middle there's a little outburst where he murders uh, the doctor. 
and then it's all suspense again until the very end, which also features more nudity, and he has a really brutal attack on his family there. And so it's like, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, other than that it's interesting that it's it's all about the tension. It's just, mm-hmm. you're just wondering when he's going to snap and what what's going to happen. And did you feel that tension was done effectively? Like... Did you feel tension or did you, were you, are you just saying this because like, it's clear that that's what they were going for? (laughs) There was tension, definitely. Like, I mean, he did a good job of, of trying to act normal in a way that you could tell he was not normal. Mm -hmm. But it does remind me of what I was trying to get at, which is that this is a R-rated horror movie and yet almost all of it is nothing nothing hard to watch nothing severe it's very pg family drama i don't know about that well whatever i mean except for yeah (laughs) it is except for those like flashes at the beginning and end no that's what i'm saying all the rest of it other than that is very pg stuff but then when it goes to those places that's hard r like not only does it have all the violence but they just throw in nudity full frontal nudity for no reason at all and it's weird. I wonder if they were pushing for an R rating or something because, like, that added nothing. That was not necessary. It just happened. Yeah. Well, and they did get an R rating, so yeah. But and I... it would have it wouldn't have been that difficult, I don't think, for them to pull it back to whatever's before R PG thirteen. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe there was too much blood at the beginning and end. Well, and that's what I was thinking is like you could have this exact same movie at a much more family-friendly rating, and it would still be just as tense and everything. You just Mm -hmm. wouldn't have the the graphic stuff. Right. And that'd be fine. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, I think that stuff is good to have, but it's weird that it's so unnecessary when... It's kind of in the no-man's land between people who don't want to see any graphic stuff... Like yeah, three they, quarters of this movie would have worked, but the other quarter definitely didn't. And then the people who really want to see graphic horror, <laughs> in which case three quarters of the movie really isn't going to appeal to them. Yeah. This movie really appeals to people like me, where I'm not super into the really gory parts of it, but yeah. I love me some tension. And and that's I think they did a good job with that. They had very... I just don't understand the, the concept there. It's interesting yeah. to me that they went so far but only in little pieces. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the, the climax of the movie and the the final battle between the stepfather and his stepdaughter and his wife. Yeah. Because I thought it was good. Like, I, I liked how it was done, except for at the end, there's a point where the mom is at the bottom of the stairs, rolling around. The daughter's at the top of the stairs, rolling around. And he's on the stairs, halfway between, rolling around. And they're all, each one of them, <laughs> dragging themselves around by their arms. Yeah. And it was, like, so excessive. Like, like it was. there was only one way for people to be injured, and they've all been injured, so now they all look exactly the same. It was, it was weird to me that they had all lost the use of their legs, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, you'd think the wife would be worse off than that after her massive injuries but well yeah he threw her all the way down the basement stairs she had made it all the way up the basement stairs and then around to the bottom of the main staircase yeah and she was okay she was dedicated she was gonna save her daughter she did it that's good she finally cared about her daughter (laughs) 
feel like that's most of what I had to say. I do want to point out some things that I really enjoyed that were just so 80s. Okay. So, first, we have the massive Cosmopolitan yeah, magazine. Yeah, what was that about? Like, it's... So, here's the thing. I don't think it was a Cosmo magazine. I think it was a Sears catalog. Because... I remember getting Sears catalogs from my grandma. <laughs> yeah. She would send them at Christmas time and we would put our names next to the things that we liked and That's you know. Fun. And they were huge. They were, you know, phone book sized. And I don't remember Cosmopolitan <laughs> magazines or any magazines for that matter no. being the size of phone books. It was a monster and I don't understand why. It was very no. strange. That would have required that they mocked up this magazine instead of just going and getting an issue of cosmopolitan which i'm pretty sure still exists yeah like they could have gotten an 87 and issue from 87 i'm sure of it um so that was one thing the second thing is that there were two separate people in this movie who wore freddy krueger style sweaters yeah that was weird like that black and red stripe thing Apparently that was really, really popular back in the day. I think it was the same sweater and the prop or the dressing people just handed it around. Perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. I thought maybe the stripes were a little bit different, but it is very possible that they were the same sweater, which would be maybe okay with some types of clothing, but it, these are some really <laughs> bold black and red stripes. Yeah, like, it's noticeable. Yeah. Um, and then the third thing that I noticed... Oh, the daughter, she's working on her bike in the garage and she's wearing a Walkman around her waist, around her neck on a lanyard. And I loved it because it totally made me feel, I very much related to this teenage girl. Like a lot of the clothes that she wore, I was like, hmm, I think I had that sweater when I was 12. And and that whole, you know, having a Walkman and the like terrible headphones with the really, really bad like styrofoam not styrofoam, like foamy coverings. Yeah. I I viscerally remember that. <laughs> yeah. I never I I think I owned a Walkman, but I didn't go around listening to it. I had a boom box and I was into. Oh, did I you carry it on your shoulder like John Cusack style? No, because we never had batteries, so I would just plug <laughs> it into the wall. <laughs> yeah. It's always hard to find batteries, you know. Well and it's not it like D batteries. Yeah. And big you need D like batteries. fourteen of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah crazy but i did like it a lot yeah i had i had the walkman for just like the briefest of time and then the disc man came out because i was a child of the cd era yeah i had that you know that boom box uh two dual tape decks so i would record things from one from one tape to another or i'd record the radio oh yeah i was doing it oh yeah Recording the radio and missing the very beginning of all the songs? Yes. Uh-huh. Or catching the very beginning with the DJ talking over it, either way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good times, man. That's how it used to be. Good times. Back when we were getting murdered by our stepfathers. <laughs> so, the final thing I want to talk about is the fact that he clearly, spoilers folks, is very dead at the end of this movie. Yeah. Very dead. Very, Quite very, dead. very dead. Okay, no question about it. And, and there are two sequels to this movie, <laughs> the first one of which stars the same guy. And the second one of which stars somebody else, but he's playing the same character after plastic surgery. So, yeah, I think he, he, got, he got better. He got better. 
yeah, that is just kind of mind-boggling to me. It makes me think that the movie did better than they thought it would. Well, it it looks like it was a hit from... I didn't really, like, get any real info, but just from the things I've seen, Mm -hmm. it kind of looks like it was popular at the time, which is weird because I don't remember hearing about it ever. No, I don't don't either. But in the 80s, I was not watching a lot of horror films, especially not rated Mm -hmm. R ones. Oh, I suppose I wasn't really either. I don't know. So anyway, yeah, if if you uh, watched this one and you are really excited about Jerry coming back to life, Stepfather 2 and Stepfather 3 are out there. Ratings! So I believe that I rated first last time. That sounds very wrong. (laughs) I I honestly don't know. But you're going to rate first this time. So what are you going to give the Stepfather? I would say about this movie... I'm going to dive into our patented out of five rating system. Indeed. To come up with a number, which is a three out of five. Because I feel like, you know, I don't have a good explanation. It just, it was kind of well done. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing. It was kind of well done, but it was also, it was like not great, not super exciting, kind of cheesy. But, of course, it was from the 80s. So, I don't know. It was okay. It was a 3 out of 5. Not a 2.5 out of 5, which is my middle of the road number. So, it's above average to yes. you. It's a 3 out of slightly. 5. That's, that's all I can say about that. Okay. And you? Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. I have to say, it's actually 3 out of 5 very tall birdhouses. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. I liked this movie more than you did. I think. I think it's up your alley. I, I, it very much appealed to me. I mean, it, it's. I will totally agree with the cheese ball factor. I even liked the cheese ball factor. Like, <laughs> it just kind of rang true for me in a lot of ways that is kind of amusing to me because I, <laughs> I'm surprised at how much I liked it. I am going to give it a four out of five very tall birdhouses. Wow. All right. So that's that. That's the stepfather. And uh, we're going to go watch us another movie so we can talk again tomorrow. All right. Well, I'm going to get out of here and go start working on my uh, secondary persona. Oh, please don't. Man, man, I tell mom not here. Like. <laughs>